0: Is. you got instant gratification thing you can touch as many people as quick as they can want to go <laughs> they can pull it from yeah. and right now we're talking about we're we talking about a virus a virus that we talk about SARS, mers bird swine ebola now corona Like come on folks I mean you gotta really you gotta read the tea leaves bro you gotta the devil's in the details and with that said is if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about i don't know what it is but i guess the flu went on vacation on this year heart we attacks went on vacation. vacation all, everything went on vacation this year when it came to i'm talking about oh, you, you know what we're going through right now good, good. and let's just call a spade a spade and the reason i can have this conversation because my family comes from communism they fled communism they had everything taken away from them. everybody got murdered everybody got killed and reason me being a first generation cuban american or maybe us being first generation cuban americans i look at freedom and i appreciate i appreciate opportunity i appreciate anything that you give me all i need is a little slip partner and i got you and that comes from the fact that when a castro took over everything and i'm looking at what's going on right now the only person here that's hot 38 hot is castro he's going y'all did it with a virus Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all got to be kidding me. He yeah, had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian crisis. Wow. During the Bay of Pigs and what they went went on through. So the only thing is, is do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's that's the way I look at it. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a... There's a A rehearsal that went on before this whole thing is called Event 201. October 18th, 2019, this shit came out. It was ran by the John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill
1: Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. Welcome back Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Pitbull gets it. I don't know why it's so hard for everybody else to get it. Pitbull gets it. You have to excuse me a little bit. Um, the clip I played you, there's a couple sections you may notice were chopped slightly. That was just because I was removing curse words out of there, but he understands communism probably better than most being that he is a first generation. Like he said, his parents fled Cuba because of it. So he knows exactly what's on the menu and he's not looking forward to it. He just wants the freedom and appreciates the freedom. Like most of us that are awake do. We're not woke. We're actually awake. See, being awake is being aware. Being woke means you're actually asleep and you're just bending a knee to every ridiculous thing that the left comes up with and says that you should or should not be doing. For example, the Washington Post op-ed calls out Tampa Bay Buccaneers pirate imagery saying that there is a danger in romanticizing ruthless cutthroats. <laughs> you have got to. To be kidding me. Okay, what do you want these football teams to be named? I mean, if it's from the left, I would think they would be like, what, the Tampa Bay Pixies? I mean, what are we doing? These are football teams. The whole point is they're aggressive. They're out there trying to kill each other on the field. You don't go out there with a weak name. That's why I've never agreed with the fact that they're taking away the Chiefs or the Redskins. They were not trying to degrade Native Americans, they're using it because one of the things that Native Americans are known for is their ruthlessness in the battlefield. That it was to provoke fear. It comes from a position of strength that we're the Redskins or we're the Chiefs and we're going to come mow you down. But instead, in this stupid woke culture that we're currently living in, like a Twilight Zone episode, you have journalists at all different newspapers and news outlets that think we're not woke enough and they keep trying to make the world more feminine, stripping anything masculine out of society because I guess that's the true way to be woke. Do you know another problem with being woke is people like Ariel Robinson. She was the uh, season 20 winner of the Food Network's uh, Worst Cooks in America and she apparently adopted Victoria Rose Smith and uh, two other little white kids, both boys. And because of their white privilege, she abused all three of them. She adopted them to abuse them, and she ended up eventually killing Victoria with blunt force trauma, and her and her husband were arrested. So all of this woke crap has claimed the life of an innocent three-year-old That had to be beaten to death because of so-called white privilege. And this is the left trying to create this racial division. That really is their end game. If you can racially divide the entire country, we're easy pickings. Once we're constantly fighting amongst ourselves, then it's a lot easier for them to control us. Because isn't that their ultimate goal? Isn't that the ultimate goal of any communist society? Is your ruling class and your peasant class? And I've said that multiple times on this program. And that's where they're heading towards. So they're dividing us right now as much as they possibly can to achieve that goal. It has been a busy weekend. You had Super Bowl. I'm currently not watching any sports ever since they started their whole political nonsense. I've. They put a sour taste in my mouth. I've totally lost interest. I don't watch football, baseball, basketball. Even some hockey did it. Soccer. I never really watch much soccer anyways, but they're doing it. So I've gotten to the point where I'm sick and tired of seeing it. It used to be you turned on sports to get away from all the political nonsense. Now it's just another part of it, another branch of it, and it's just way out of control. So I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Um, but beyond the Super Bowl being busy for a lot of people, the news again has been going crazy. Um, I've I've heard a lot about uh, they're putting together something to try to attack our Fourth Amendment. I don't have all the details, so I don't want to go into it a hundred percent. But it looks like they want to either alter it or strip the Fourth Amendment away. I'm gonna look up and see exactly what their plan is and how much money's being thrown at this and. And who's backing it? Because that's an extremely dangerous route that they're trying to go. If you don't have the Fourth Amendment, no due process, no nothing, cops can show up at your house with no search warrants. At that point, you're really getting into some dangerous territory. And that's bad for everybody. So even people on the left... Uh, that's going to be just as bad for you as anybody else. So something that we all need to pay attention to. I'll try to find some more, and I'll get you as much detail as I can for my episode on Friday. But Joe was signing executive orders nonstop still, and I see that he tried to defend that uh, just before the weekend, saying that it's not that he's creating new law, it's just that he's erasing bad law from the previous administration. And one way or the other, you're still trying to rule with an iron pen. Okay, so you can say whatever you want to say, and I'm sure people on your side, because it's what they want to hear, actually believe you, but that's not the way it's done in a democratic society. That's the way it's done when you're a dictator. And it's funny that everything that Mr. Biden is erasing, I don't see how it was bad policy. I don't see that uh, building a border wall is bad policy. Uh, I don't see that we're not funding other countries. Abortion was a bad policy. I don't see us getting out of the World Health Organization who absolutely lied to us about the China virus. I think that that was a good move to pull out, so I don't see how that was bad policy. And the list goes on and on. But Sleepy Joe was promising on his campaign trail that he was going to do the $15 an hour minimum wage, and he's been trying to push that through uh, using the COVID relief package. And it looks like at the negotiating table currently, it's possible that that is getting left off and he's trying to put the blame back on Congress so it comes off himself so he can try to continue to look like the good guy and put it back on them saying, hey, we're not going to get to the 60 votes we need to make that type of a change. So he'll approach it from a different view and we'll revisit it later, you know, type deal. Typical Democratic stuff, what they always do. They promise you something, and never get to it. To be honest with you, I hope they don't get to it. $15 an hour minimum wage would be detrimental to the survival of this country. Small businesses would go under. It wouldn't make a whole lot of a difference. And if you are a advocate or a fan of it, let me just put this thought into your mind if it goes up to $15 an hour don't you think that the cost of living is going to jump with the money that you're making so you making $15 an hour is probably just as good as you making your minimum wage right now once the cost of groceries and gas and rent and everything else goes up because you know we're going to be the ones that absorb the additional cost they're not going to absorb it the government then you might as well not got a raise in the first place. But he can pat himself on the back and say, hey, look, man, I did a great job. When now a gallon of milk that used to be $3 is now $6. So that extra four or five bucks that you're making an hour didn't mean a whole lot. You know, one person on the left who's not as stupid as Joe, uh, she's actually coming out pretty strong in defense of civil liberties, is Tulsa Gabbard. Back when she was running to see if she can get the top spot to uh, challenge Trump, I told my wife I wasn't that scared of her. To me, if she would have got it, we would have been in that cycle of you win one, we we lose one, and then we'll win one, you lose one. But not a whole lot changes. I didn't see her doing any drastic changes. I certainly don't see her going the communist route, which is why they would never give it to her in the first place. But as of late, she has truly almost sounded like a conservative. She was just on Stephen Crowder's show. And she was talking to him about uh, how big tech does not get to decide who has a voice and who doesn't. And for her to come out and say that, you have to understand that the left is trying to silence every conservative currently, period. No in between. Uh, I'm sure we're all on the list. It's just taking time to get down to us. Like myself on Twitter, I'm seeing people that I follow constantly suspended, their accounts are gone. And I know it's only a matter of time till I'll suffer the same fate. Not that I care. Um, I just try to promote myself on a few of these different sites. So if they take me off, there no big deal. But some people really revolve around that. Some people really, really love social media. Uh, For example, Trump. He said he's never been happier to be off of it. Which is big for him to say because of all presidents, he kind of Revolutionized that part of being a president with the whole social media and being out in front like that, and a lot of policies coming out on there, how he feels, what he says on there. Some people liked it, some people didn't like it. But him saying that he really enjoyed not being on there with as much as that man used to tweet, I think that's a good thing. It brings him peace, and I think that's a wonderful thing because I hate social media personally. It is just negative. It's nasty. There's nothing about social media I like. If I wasn't trying to promote myself and really get out there to try to accomplish something, I wouldn't be on it either. I really like it that much that it would benefit me not to be on it. It's just an emotional drain to constantly be on there. I went on a vacation this weekend uh, to Georgia, northern Georgia in the mountains. It was beautiful up there and it was nice to see Where I live at, there's an actual mask mandate, even though I do my best not to wear it everywhere and I really don't want to wear it, um, I end up getting kicked out of quite a few places. A lot of places don't care that you walk into, but uh, up there, there's no mandate, and it was nice to see people behaving normally, walking around without that fear that, oh my God, they're going to die all the time because that's the sense you get when you're in other places. It's like, oh my God, if I get COVID, I'm going to die. It's over with a 99.97% chance of survival as long as you're a healthy adult under the age of 70. So if you're in your 30s, 40s, or 50s and you're in pretty good health, chances are you're going to get a little sick and that'll be that. But it was nice to, to take a break. I didn't go on social media at all. I stayed off of everything. I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't turn the news on. Um, Me and the family had a great time. And so I can appreciate what Trump says because just detaching for the four days that I did was wonderful. But of course, I had to jump right back on and go back down the rabbit hole once again so that I could continue on with my podcast and just being in the know because I never want to not know the truth of what's going on. Uh, Earlier, I mentioned Tampa Bay and the Super Bowl. One piece that I've left out that I wanted you to hear was Dolly Parton is getting ridiculed heavily for a Super Bowl commercial that she did for the company Squarespace. I wanted to play it for you in case you didn't watch the Super Bowl like I didn't. So you didn't see any of the commercials, but she's getting a lot of backlash for this and we'll go into it in just a second. But here's the commercial.
0: working five to nine you've got passion and a vision cause it's hustling time a whole new way to make a living gonna change your life do something that gives it meaning with a way
1: So let me explain a little bit in the beginning there, when you just kind of hear the sounds of the office in the background, people are watching the clock and it's like they're waiting for the clock to hit five o'clock, which is punch time. You're out, you're done for the day. So instead of working nine to five, it's working five to nine where your real dreams and everything start after work. Kind of like what I do. I do all my podcasting after work. This is what one of my dreams would be, would be to make this successful enough where I could do this full-time for a living um, if I'm worthy of it or good enough to do it. So in the song, the people get off and they start on their real passions. But apparently that didn't sit too well with a lot of people on the left. Kim Kelly ended up writing, and I quote, Now Parton's silvery voice is being used to promote the false virtues of working overtime. When so many gig economic workers are barely scraping by and the tech companies who employ but misclassify them are racking in bofo profits. The gig economy is a wretched alternative to a stable paycheck and proper benefits. An effort to paint it as a matter of independence or being one's own boss downplay how hard it is for so many gig workers to make ends meet. The lack of a safety net has become even more apparent thanks to the increased demands and dangers of the COVID-19 pandemic. Parton herself has helped to combat. Delivery drivers, grocery shoppers, and other gig workers have become a lifeline to so many, and yet they remain stripped of the protections and dignity they deserve. She also added that we all love Parton, but she's still a capitalist, And still a very rich woman. She has a vested interest in boosting her public profile. And Squarespace surely paid her dearly for the privilege of borrowing some of her sparkle. So in layman's terms, they were not very happy that Squarespace and Dolly Parton ended up partnering up to try to give you something hopeful. They don't want you to have your own small business. They don't want you to dream. The left wants you to be happy with whatever you're doing for a living. If you're a grocery store clerk, that's all you are. That's all you're going to be. We're going to pay you what we think you're worth. And you should be happy doing that. You shouldn't dream beyond that. You shouldn't have aspirations. You shouldn't try to be a go-getter and do something on the side to be your own boss and really make it big in this world. No, no. You be happy with the crumbs that we give you. And that's it. My real question ultimately comes down to, Who actually believes this nonsense? Who would sit there and believe this Democrat, Republican, whatever you are, how could you possibly support things like this? How, how could you look and say, Hey, I want to open up my own restaurant or I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get into making doorknobs because there's a lot of money to be made in doorknobs or I'm going to make mailboxes or whatever. But you dream big on the side. I'll go do my 95 so I have a steady paycheck coming in while I dream big and try to build up something for myself on the side, something that interests me, something I have a passion for. And when that becomes profitable enough for me to break away from my 9 to 5 and do my own thing, I will do so. Ultimately, if you're good enough and you get busy enough, you end up employing people. So you are actually helping the economy. You're putting people to work. You found a niche that works well. Dreaming big is a good thing. Do you think that any actor, any politician, do you think that anybody in any important position, do you think that anybody that started out ground level, bagging groceries one day, Dreamed of becoming the CEO of that company. Do you think any of these people would have gotten anywhere without dreaming big and doing this on the side? Do you think Zuckerberg would be where he is? Do you think that Jack would be where he is? No, none of these people would be anywhere without having that dream. That dream that America provides, that it's the land where dreams are possible, where you could be anything you want to be because you have the freedom to actually try to do it, win, lose, or draw, you have the ability to go for it without people telling you yes you can or no you can't. It's amazing that they're criticizing that basic fundamental dream that we all have of being something more than what we are. But yet they do. And people seem to not have a problem with it. So that's really, to me, that's the hard pill to swallow. Is thinking to myself that there's actually people that sit back and agree with that crap. That you're okay with them telling you what to do. That you're okay giving away that freedom. That's where I struggle to understand. Well, that'll about do it for me today. I hope you like what you're listening to. If you do, tell some people about me. If you'd like to follow me, Twitter at LJCONSERCRN. I'm at Gab at Little Joe's Corner. I'm also on Clout Hub at Little Joe's CC. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.